So this week, I was thinking about like why they stabbed Jesus in the side. Yeah. You know, like, why did he do that? Deep was that. But I got to thinking because Jesus is the new Adam or the second Adam, however you want to phrase it. You guys know what that means, yeah? Like Jesus had to come to redeem what Adam did, so therefore he's the new or second Adam, whatever you want to call it. He had to redeem that, so he's the new first man. So I got to thinking of like, okay, when did I was looking at Adam, and when did he get stabbed in the side kind of thing? Because he did. Do you guys know when? Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was a surgery that took place when the Lord took a rib out of Adam to create Eve. And I got to thinking of like, okay, what's the symbolism there? Because there has to be, right? And I haven't put complete words to it. I'll probably preach on this maybe in the month or so. But I was just like in awe of that, of that the Lord would go to that length. Okay, one, the reason for him doing that surgery was to create a partner, right? We can call it a partner. Is that cool? Yeah. The reason they stabbed Jesus in the side was to create a partner, almost like this partnership. Because... It doesn't say that Adam bled, you know. I assume he did, but it didn't say that. When Jesus was stabbed, water and blood rushed out. So what is this doing? It's like this beautiful thing of with that stabbing, with that cut inside, the Lord is saying, okay, finished kind of thing, right? Jesus already said that, but the Lord is saying it's finished. Now this partnership can take place. And that partnership is not one person, it's all people. And I was just kind of awestruck by that today, uh, this week, not today. This week, I've just kind of been thinking through, like, and why did they need to do that? He was hurting, you know, for lack of a better term. But I think that was, that was it. As the new Adam, or the second Adam, the Lord needed to create a second partnership. And needed to kind of seal that. You know, needed to tie that all together. Does that make sense? Yeah. If it doesn't, come maybe in a month and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> cool? Have you ever done something with no hidden agenda behind it? Like zero motive behind it. I ran into a situation today where the, <laughs> I went to Starbucks. Wasn't proud of it, but I went to Starbucks. <laughs> and the lady in front of me paid for my coffee, my water, and my pumpkin bread. And I was like, Frank, why'd she do that? You know, I was annoyed. Because then I was like, man, now I'm going to be put into this awkward, awkward situation. Yeah. Even if I don't feel led to pay for the person behind me, yeah. I have to now. And I was annoyed, right? She was doing something. She started it. I saw her look at me, and she was like, oh, he looks like a good guy. 
or he's highly attractive. I'm gonna buy his whichever. I mean, hard to. <laughs> no. I thought it's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I skipped out of that. So, like, she did this, and I was like, man, all right, now I have to do it. I really got to see, like, thinking, and this has been recent today. This literally happened this morning at 7 o'clock. This happened today, and I was like, okay, what's my motive behind buying the person's behind, buying the thing behind? And you know what I asked? I said, how much is the person behind me? What a freaking prick. <laughs> you know, I'm getting a quad shot vanilla latte and a pumpkin bread. The lady in front of me paid, I don't know, 12 bucks so I could have a copy and a slice of bread today. And I asked the, per the Starbucks lady, what's going on behind me? And yeah, I'm making light of it now, but I was actually like, oh, frick, I've got an issue. And then I'm preaching this tonight. So I was asking myself, okay, have I ever done something with no hidden agenda behind it? Because my hidden agenda was I don't want to look like an idiot to the Starbucks girl. Yeah. She'll never see me again. Right? I don't want to look like Mora. I don't want to look like that guy. Or even more so, I've got stickers all on the side of my truck. And I said, I don't want my company to be represented that way. Because the person behind me is looking at that. Right? They can't help it. Just like you can't help but look at a license plate. Right? You look at a license plate. Whether it has any, not, whether it's nonsense or not, you look at a license plate. It's part of who you are. You look for stickers on the back of somebody's windshield. Right? It's just who we are. Especially when you're in a drive-thru, you're like, okay, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. Right? And the line's long and it's taking longer than you think it should. And if you grew up in a family like me, we'd play the license play game and try to get the Z as fast as we could. Right? So I started to really, really think of like, okay, all of these things that I do every single day of my life, why am I doing them? Am I doing them for the betterment of me? Am I doing them for that person? Am I doing it for an overall logo on the side of a truck? Am I doing it for the good of so-and-so or what? Or am I doing it because I'm in service to God? And I know the right answer. I know the, I know the answer I want it to be. And again, I know the right answer. And I really, really know the answer I want it what is the answer over my life what do I actually right over that situation at Starbucks my answer was I didn't want to look like an idiot so what did I do I paid the seven dollars for the person behind me so I got discount coffee and discount pumpkin bread this morning Some people call this thing karma, right? 
do good to others and it'll come back to you, right? Other people say it'll, hey, that thing will, it'll come back to you, right? I would probably label it more reap and sow. But I've been wrestling over this. Why do I do the things that I do? Is it in pure heart or am I trying to gain something? So it took me into this, the whole depth of kind of soul searching over my life. Why do I worship? Is it because I just like singing and like the song? Or is it because it's, it's actually something that I'm just supposed to do, so I do it? And everybody else is doing it around me. Or is it, in my situation, is it an obligation because I run a ministry and we dug our heels on, on this thing called worship. Am I, am I actually trying to get something out of worship? This is the, this is the start of my sermon, right? All of this. Am I actually trying to get something out of my worship, right? I'll worship so then there's strings attached to my worship. Strings attached to me gaining an intimacy and gaining in a relationship with the Lord is there strings attached to that, right? Some of you guys have been, um, uh, have had friends in your life who have been that way. They're just friends with you so that they can gain something from you, right? Maybe your family has a boat, right? And like, okay, I'm going to be friends with that person because he has a, a boat, because he does random vacations to Wyoming. Because all of these, all of these things, there's these strings attached, right? And yeah, those are cool earthly examples. But like, okay, why do I worship? Is it because I know that my God's a healer and I want that? It's not inherently bad, but is it good? Probably not very good, right? He deserves worship because he's God Almighty, right? Yeah. Do I love being his, in his presence because he is, because it's the tangible God in the room? Mm. Or am I defining that more as presence? When I'm in the presence, I usually encounter the benefits of him, so I'll, I'll get there. He usually takes away this, this, and that. You get what I'm getting at? Yeah. You guys ever thought of this? Yeah. Right, and again, I know the I, I know the answer I want it to be, but I I I, I want to stop lying to myself tonight. Yeah. You know, I want to stop lying to myself. And some things, sure, I I've got I've got some things more figured out than others. Great, yippee, give me a high five later, kind of thing, right? But what about the, like, all of it? What about my entire life? Not just segments of it. Not just the buffet line of my life, but the entire walking into the restaurant life. Where I become that. Instead of picking and choosing what I want.
Do I just love his presence or do I love his presence? Gifts. Or do I just like being close to him even though I don't get anything out of it? Do I run a ministry in hopes of getting fame or because it's unto God? Do I lead worship in hopes of fame or because it's unto the Lord? And again, I know the right answers, and I know the answers I wanted to be, but deep down, where am I at? Do I love Jesus' blood because of its benefits? Or just because he's worthy? Do I love the cross just because of its benefits or because my Savior died on it? The attitude we're talking about tonight is getting to the root of this. And I think, and I'll say this probably a couple more times, this one is the best reward. It's blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Wow. Right? Like, sign me up for that. How quick, how fast, how soon can I get that, right? And again, that's, that's Jesus living as we get to see God, right? That's our end destination is seeing God in the heavenlies, right? But is it the only reason I serve him? It's just so that I can see him? is just so that I can get to that destination, right? Like I'm even challenging myself over that. Do I even just serve God so I can go to heaven? Because that's me, not me serving God. It shouldn't be in, in, in hopes of getting anything. It's just in that he is everything. Again, I know the right answers, and I know the answers that I want them to. Do I know the true answer over my life? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we look at this phrase, pure in heart, I'd like to better define it as this idea of straightness, honesty, and clarity. And then to embellish a little bit more, I would break it down into two things. And the first one is inner moral purity. And the second one is this idea of being myopic or an undivided heart. It's almost this idea of sincerity and my temple not being divided. 
to serve, to be committed, and to be devoted to God Almighty. So I guess the big question, if you wanna, if you wanna write this down and put a box around it, make it bold, however you wanna do it, this is it. The big question tonight is what is your motive? What is your motive? Is it, is it pure in motive? Is it because of this inner purity that has already been, you've already been saturated in because of God Almighty himself? Is it an undivided heart towards God or is it something else? A pure in heart person can see God. And this is not exclusively just talking about the destination of seeing God of, of just heaven, right? We know, we know that, right? A pure in heart person can see God, right? Moses, he didn't see, see God, but he saw, he saw God, yeah. right? Whether it was a pillar of fire leading him, whether it was water coming out of a rock, whether it was bread every morning, whether it was dead birds in your campground waiting to be eaten, whether it was whatever, he saw God, right? A pure and hard person can see God in scripture. A pure and hard, per a pure and hard person can see God in a church body and a pure and hard person or a, a heart pure person, whatever you want to write it, can see something of God's true character. Of his true character. Not something you've defined as his character, but his true character. I need you to write true. And this sounds like the most intimate thing that I could ever do. This sounds so intimate. This sounds like me laying out all of my dirty laundry before the Lord, even though he can already see it, but me actually having that vulnerability and saying, all right, pure in heart, here I go. This isn't going to be fun. This isn't going to be a good process, but man, good thing I have a loving God on the other side of the table as I sprawl out all of this junk. I could not do that with any other person in this room or beyond. My mom loves me a lot. Even if I sh told her everything that I've ever done, every sin I've committed in my heart, every thought I've thought about her, she would be like, oh, I can't handle this. But I would lay that out on this table in front of God Almighty and he would say, you're still my son. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but this sounds vulnerable. It does not sound like fun to me. Right? Lex, why have you been in the ministry for this many years? What's your motive? And I would tell him the real reason. Because it's not all been pure. I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. This sounds so raw.
Our relationship with God must become our greatest motivation for purity. And I know when you hear purity, you're probably thinking about sex. I'm not talking about sex tonight. I can be lumped into this, but I'm talking about purity in heart. Nothing else. Okay? This makes sense? Yep. Okay? It's not a sex talk tonight. You have to pay me for those. Okay? So this has to be stronger and greater than a fear of getting caught or a fear of consequences. Or this, of letting a human down. Our relationship with God should outweigh all of those things. Yeah. Fear, consequences, and let down. I don't care. I'm going to let all of you down at some point. Yeah, will it suck? Yes, it will. But I would rather let you down than let the Lord down. Yeah. For they shall see God. They shall see God. Like when I think of that, and this is probably probably not exactly what it means, but this, when I think of that, I literally think that I can lock eyes with God Almighty if I have a pure enough heart. Right? And that's what I long for, you know. This has to be the best reward. Right? For to inherit the kingdom of God? Great. I think seeing God outweighs that. Inherit the earth? Great. Trumps it. Boom. I see yeah. God. I get mercy? Great. I don't deserve it. So I want to see God. You know, all of these things. This has to be the best reward. When we're pure in heart, we will enjoy a greater intimacy with God than we could have ever imagined. So I guess the biggest question is, how do I become no longer pure? Right? How do I become this? How, do I, how am I no longer pure? I wouldn't need a purifier if I was already pure. Right? No. Wouldn't make any sense. Right? Okay, I'm just going to get this just in case. I'm already pure, which it happens, right? Why do you need an air purifier in your room or your home? What do you need to get rid of? Huh? Dirty air. Dirty pollutants, right? Yeah. You have to get rid of these pollutants. So by getting rid of pollutants, then we become pure, and then do we be be able to see God. Like, I'm really, this is really interesting because you guys see your capacity in this, right? Yeah. It's not like you don't know where your <coughs> pollutants are. Yeah. We all know exactly where they are, right? That's sometimes the most frustrating part of my life, but we won't talk about that, right? We know exactly where they are, but yet, I just keep on and ah, uh, now <laughs> I don't need that purifier. I don't need it. Right? It would be really silly to have an air purifier with no filter in it, correct? Yeah. It'd be really silly to have a house with no filtration system in it, right? 
because we didn't have that, oh my gosh, there would be a lot of dust. There'd be a lot of nastiness. You guys probably wouldn't want to wear your socks in the house right now. And we would all not be able to breathe through our noses. Sounds very restricting, correct? Yeah. yeah. Making sense? Mm -hmm. And again, this is not a message of, oh, okay, I just need to do all the right things. <laughs> no, this is a message of asking, why do you do the things that you do? This is, an, this is a message saying, what is your motive? Is it pure in heart unto God? Or is it, well, I, I saw somebody else do this, and I think that they're pretty pure in heart, so I guess I'll, I'll do that too. What happens when you get rid of pollutants? You become more free, a.k.a. pure. Right? Yeah. It's hilarious. If Madison does not start the purifier every single night before she goes to bed, she wakes up and she's like, I can't breathe. Especially nowadays. Yeah, and I'm fine, right? I don't get it. I think it's a joke. Yeah, it's just loud. It sounds like a jet. <laughs> sounds like we would need to call Zach to get this jet to land. That's good. No. But if it's on, she wakes up and she's just like, like the commercials, you know? <laughs> the commercials. She flips her hair, you know, all of it. You know what I'm talking about? You're even more free. There's no restriction. Yeah. Right? Nobody likes a clogged nose. Right? That's the worst thing in the world. Amen. But after that, and when it, you can breathe through your nose, best thing in the world, correct? Yeah. It is. So what's this mean? You got rid of the pollutants. You know, your body's already intertwined to do this against viruses and infections and all that kind of stuff. It's already designed with white blood cells to eliminate things. You get a cut, they rush to the scene and say, okay, we got to get this thing sealed back up. We got to heal this thing. They in, infiltrate that spot so that it, it's healed. All of these things, right? That's why cancer is such a crazy thing is because the white blood cells don't know what to do. They go and then they get infected and then it's just like this, uh, right? Your, your body's designed to do that. So why is our soul and our spirit not? Well, it is. <laughs> or just being stubborn. Which is funny because we all are like, oh, we want freedom in the Lord. By his stripes, we're set free. All of these verses that we throw around, right? Yeah. But then we self inflict. Yeah. We're just like, oh man, I love that pollutant though. I love that thing. I'm going to keep it closed. This is what repentance looks like, guys. What is making me unpure, I turn away, and then I become pure. Right? Yeah. Not in a hope to appease a human being, right? Mm -hmm. But because God Almighty deserves this. 
He deserves it. Make sense so far? Yeah. Still with me? Turn to Psalm 24. Psalm 24, and we're just going to read 1 through 6. Psalm 24, 1 through 6 reads, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Catch these next verses, okay? 3 through 6. Who, this is questions, yes? You see the question marks? Yes. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in this holy place? Here's the answer. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the, from, from the God of his salvation, such in the generation of those who, what? Seek him and who seek his face of God, of, of the God of Jacob. Such is the generation who seek him and who seek his face. So if we want that, then we need to understand what it says above, right? Yeah. So verse 1, because the Lord created the earth, it's his, correct? <laughs> he wins. <Yeah. laughs> you create it, it's probably going to be yours unless you sell it, which he hasn't done. Okay? It's his. All of us are stewards and or caretakers of his creation. Yes? Yeah. Great. He did not create the earth to be worshipped. Why? <laughs> because he says the earth will pass away and my work, me and my word will never will. Right? Yes? Yeah. So, understanding that, verse 3 is a question, correct? Who will ascend to the Lord? Who will stand in that holy place? And then verse 4 answers it. Who has a clean heart, or sorry, clean hands and a pure heart. Who hasn't bought into a lie and who has been honest. Yes? Great. That seems pretty simple, correct? Why? Why is that so simple? Because it's already set up. Right? This is already set up. Yeah. And I love it. He says, okay, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Okay, what's that mean? That means don't lift up your soul to what is false. Don't buy into a lie, even if it's you lying to yourself. Right? Yeah. I always joke with people I play golf with. I, I always ask them, what do you want to take on that hole? Right? What do you want to take? And it's up to them, right? Because it's either they tell the truth to themselves or they lie to themselves. I don't care what you write down. It's a number, right? All I care about is what I write down, right? 
whether I want to lie to myself or want to be truthful to myself, right? Does this make sense? Yeah. It would be really silly to bowl a, a, a bowl a 300 when you edited every single frame, yeah. right? be a lot of work and it would be a lie you'd just be lying to yourself why because yippee if you if you make somebody else proud and get a high five from you i don't care right and you shouldn't either correct right that's not in a that's not an excuse to disrespect and not honor people okay let me use that as an excuse and say lex preached that right <laughs> no i did not preach that and i never will right I should probably preach that more, but we'll talk about that. Okay? So, you're only lying to yourself and to God, right? That too, yeah. right? That's why, that's why I'm asking myself, okay, I know what I want my answer to be, but what is the answer? I know what the correct answer is, and I know what I want the answer to be, but what is the true answer of what my motive is right because some of us are just skipping one through four in psalm 24 and then we're trying to get five and six just handed to us we're just trying to get five and six where it says he will receive blessing of the lord and righteousness from god of his salvation and this is the generation who seeks him and seeks his face i can't skip I can't. Make sense? Yeah. Go yeah. Psalm 51. Anybody know what Psalm 51 is in response to? Off your head. It's, it's, what's it called? He had an affair. Yes. Yeah, he did have an affair. So what's Psalm 51? He said, what's the response to? Yeah. To the affair, is that what you're saying? No. Well, the psalm to God Almighty, yes. It's a song hymn, something to God Almighty, correct? And it's after a prophet came, after David committed that sin, and now this is, the, this is David's prayer to God. Okay? Pretty big sin, right? Yeah. Not only did he sleep with another woman while he was in wedlock, but he also, that other woman was in wedlock too, right? So it's like, oh, cool blow up two marriages kind of thing, right? Yeah. So that's what's going on here. All right. So I'm going to read verse 10 and then we'll go, we'll, yeah, we'll go from there. All right. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When was the last time you prayed that? Right? Anyways, you don't have to answer. Okay, um, let's go up to verse 5. 
Yeah, what did I write? Yeah, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Seven, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is huge, right? Verse, let's kind of break this down. Verse 5. We were all born sinners. We were. Before we even came out of the womb, you were a sinner. You're doomed. Right? That's why we need a Savior, correct? Yes. Amen. Yes. Huh? I was perfect, but you guys did so. Yeah, right. I'll, talk, I'll ask your mom. <laughs> Verse 6, then he, he says he desires our motive to be pure in our innermost being. In our innermost being. Do you hear that? Yeah. Right? Not your surface level. Your innermost. Like what truly makes you tick? Right? This is, what I've, this is what I'm talking about. This is what is keeping me up right now. This is what's kind of stirring within me right now. This whole entire week is in my innermost being. What, what's going on in there? Is it all just for me and in service to me? Or is it in service to somebody else? Or is it in service to God? Hard, hard question. Then verse 7, he says, Purify me and I will be clean. Wash me white as snow. Do you know what hyssop is? Yeah, yeah. Hyssop branches were used by Israel in Egypt, and they were the thing that they used to put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost, a.k.a. paintbrush. Okay, so what's the same? This would keep them safe from death, and this would demonstrate that the Israelites' faith and it secured their release from slavery in Egypt. Better said, this verse calls for cleansing from sin and readiness to serve the Lord. That's what David's cry is there. That make sense? Yeah. And verse 8 essentially says, humble me, O God. Right? Make me humble again. And then 9 says, don't hold my sin against me. Then 10 says, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. Sorry. <laughs> huh? Yeah, that is what the air purifier sounds like. Yeah. It's like pretty far. 
Oh, racetrack over there. <laughs> All right, and then verse, I, I just want to keep on going. Verse 11 um, through 13 says, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Wow. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. And then what? Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Are you grasping what's going on here? Or have we checked out? Grasping this? Cast me not away from your presence. I thought he was omnipresent. I thought he was omnipotent. Cast me, oh. And take not Holy Spirit from me? You mean that's, that's allowed? Restore to me the joy of your salvation? That means I can lose that? And uphold me with a willing spirit. What's that mean? Make me a servant again? Anoint me again? You mean that can lead? Yeah, it can. All of those can. Your awareness of the presence, the anointing of the Spirit can all lead. How? By buying into your pollutants more than a pure heart. Mm -hmm. That's all this is saying, correct? Yeah. By submitting to the pollutants instead of Jesus. Right? Because blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's flip that on its head. Right? What's the opposite of that verse? Anybody want to give it a gander? No, what's the opposite of blessed? Cursed. What's the opposite of pure? Dirty. So cursed are the dirty hearted, the polluted heart. What's the opposite of seeing? For they will be blind to God. Right? Like it says, some, some with fear. It says it in the Bible. That's crazy, right? So that means I have the capacity to actually leave the presence of the Lord, at least my awareness, right? And he has the capacity to withdraw Holy Spirit from me. Why? Because I'm a bad representation of what it means to be a Holy Spirit-driven human. And he'll take away the joy of my salvation. This is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're focused on the negative. It should be easier just to focus on the positive. But again, some was love, some was fear. Turn to First John, chapter three. And we'll close here. And we'll read one through three. See, oh, is everybody there? Yep. Turn like all the way to the back of your Bible, and then go to the left. First John, right? First John chapter 3. Well, verse. verse 1. Yeah. Good? Okay. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Love, beloved, we are God's children now, and what we sorry, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he has when he appears. Why am I struggling? Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will has not been yet appeared. Why is that read so weird? But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And here's verse 3. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Did you catch that? Everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. The himself is you. The him and the he is him. Is God, sorry. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's break this down. I feel like I'm losing you guys, so I'll finish quickly. As Jesus' people, our worth is based on the fact that one, God loves us, and that two, we are his children. Yes? Yes. I am sorry, I cannot go to my dad and say, Dad, I'm no longer your son. He would say, what do you mean? Right? Yeah. Even if I got a piece of paper that says I'm no, I'm no longer Ron Martin's son, it still doesn't mean anything because I have similar blood and similar DNA and similar gen genetics or whatever it might be. I don't know the the terms right but i can't take that away yeah. Yeah. my mom and him did something therefore i came about i cannot take that away with a piece of paper by going to a courthouse right yeah. therefore same thing with god <laughs> yes same thing with god he created me he knit me together in my mother's womb I can't all of a sudden say, God, sorry, I'm not your son anymore. Right? Yeah. I can't do that. It's not part of who I am. It's not part of my identity. Is this an excuse to sin and be free and wild? No, obviously not. 
This is a call to say, no, I am a son, I am a daughter, I am a child of God, and that is who I am. I can't take that away. Do you, you get this? Yes? Okay, that's the important part, number one, yes? Yes. And this blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God stuff, is the essence of becoming more intimate and more like Jesus. That's all this is. Jesus was pretty pure in heart. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. He was very pure in heart, and he saw God all the time. How did he see him? Leprosy leaving. <laughs> Blind seeing. Mute talking. Dead raised. Yeah, all of it. He yeah. saw God. And also literally saw God. Yes? Yes. You think Jesus had enough eyes to not just see the dove land on him, but also to see the, God, to see the heavenly Father's eyes gaze upon him on his baptism. I'm willing to jump that far. Call me crazy, but I'm willing to go that far. And to hear his voice. You know, that's kind of seeing God too, right? Anyways. This blessed are the pure in heart thing will not be complete until we're face to face with God himself. That's the moment where you can't see any more of God. Right? But how much more of God can I see here than at that moment where I'm face to face with him? Does this make sense? Will you turn to 1 Corinthians 13, 12, please? Yeah. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. I didn't just pull that out of anywhere from the scripture. Yeah. So we will not be complete until we are face-to-face -face with God himself. And knowing that, knowing that that is our destiny is good enough and that we're a part of that, right? Should that be a motivation for it? I don't know. I want to say no. That's the reward for it. But I don't know if it should be the motivation for it. I think the motivation for it should be because he's God. And I think that should be enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if I weren't to see him ever, wouldn't it be enough to say that, okay, great, he's God. And he deserves that. He deserves me to have a pure heart. He orchestrated that to be, so I might as well submit to that. And again, I don't want to use that word. I, I'm struggling with this word motive. That's the wrestling thing I've been talking about, you know? My motive is that he's God. Not that I get to see him, not that I get to be healed, not that I get to, no, not, not all of that, right? 
not all not this long list but this one this one thing on a list that literally says my motivation is god almighty those are rewards and i love those things right i love the gifts i love the rewards i love all of these things but my motive has to be because i want to serve god almighty right because some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you did something in a motivation that you wanted to be a healer, how did it go? Didn't. It didn't go. Yeah. Exactly. I did something in motivation to prophesy. How'd that go? Oh, great. You didn't prop. Yeah. You didn't prophesy, or you manifested something that was just like, oh my gosh, oh, I can't believe they said that. That that resonated, right? Kind of thing, right? <laughs> I know, I know who I'm talking to. It's okay. Right? All of these things, does this make sense? Right? Yes, I love prophecy, and I love it. Right? Even First Corinthians, Corinthians says, earnestly desire the gift of prophecy. Right? I'm sorry I can't be a prophet without a relationship with the guy who's delivering the, pro the prophetic. Yeah. I can't. I can't be a healer without the healer. I can't be an apostle without the sender. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't be a teacher if I'm not being taught. Does this make sense, guys? Yeah. yeah. God purifies us, but we need to take action to remain. He's proven that he can purify us, right? But we need to take the action to remain. Where did I pull that from? That's at the end, verse 3. Everyone who hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This makes sense. God purifies us, but we must take action to remain pure. We have to. It's not just like all of a sudden, oh, great, I'm, I'm purified. Right? Yeah. That's why you have to change your filters every so often in your house. Right? That's why when you get an oil change, they bring in your cabin filter and say, hey, this is getting a little dicey in here. <laughs> it's because of that. It needs to be maintained. It's not just like, oh, I got this one filter once and now I never have to change it again. No, you're wrong. You're completely wrong. You need to maintain it. This is an, uh, this is an ongoing occurrence of, all right, guys, I've been following the Lord for, what, 10 years now. It's not a very long time compared to others, right? <laughs> but 10 years I've been following the Lord authentically. And the interesting part is I ask myself what my motive is. I feel like anymore, at least the last couple years, probably every single month. Why? Because I'm checking those filters. This is not in hopes to be like me. No, that's not what I'm saying. This is in hopes of saying, hey, we've got to do inventory we've got to take a look at what is going on in the innermost depths of who i am because if i'm not doing if i'm not checking those things 
oh my gosh, what lie am I going to start believing? What untruth am I going to start submitting to? What God am I going to create by trying to look through this dirty glass? Right? How often do your parents clean the windows in their house? How often do your parents clean the, the mirror that you spit all over for whatever reason? How often, right? Because when you don't clean that mirror after you spit all over it, you start getting this skewed image of yourself. Or if you don't know how to clean a mirror or a window, you can't see out of it as good or see the reflection of it as well. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't look through dirty glass and say, oh yeah, that's so-and-so. Right? Does this make sense? Yeah. I've got to check things out. I can't just say, oh great, well I'm saved, therefore... Do as I shall. I'll just read the Bible and that's good enough. And yeah, it is good that you're at least reading the Bible. But what lens are you reading the Bible through? Is your vision even blurred on how to read the Bible because you aren't seeing God? Did you hear me? This is huge. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Not just in heaven, but through the word. When was the last time you saw God through the word, or was it just an obligation? On this side, I don't know, Lex and Madison tell me I need to read the Bible, so I guess I'll do that. Great, that's, that was great. That was a good 15 minutes. All right, I'm going to go on, right? When was the last time you actually read scripture and said, oh my gosh, that's the Lord. That's my Jesus. Right? He's Jesus. Do you understand what I'm talking about tonight? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Not just in nature on top of mountains. Not just in those valleys that you sometimes seek out yourself. But in the scripture, but in your day-to-day and the ongoing miracles of you just waking up tomorrow. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So my biggest question tonight is why do you do the things that you do? Right? I've been asking myself a lot. Like, okay, why do I open up my house every single Tuesday and Thursday? You know? Why do I do that? Is it just because I'm used to it and that's what I've just done <laughs> for the last three years? Or is it un- unto the Lord, right? Again, I know the, what I want the answer to be. Yeah. But what is the answer over my life? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I really want that to land because I feel like so many of us are lying to ourselves. Or I just, I know the correct answer, so therefore it's truth over my life, and now I'm going to move on. But why do you ask if anybody wants a drink? Right? Is it because, I don't know, I've just done that long enough, and therefore I, that's just what I do? It's part of my routine every single time I'm in, the, in this house? Yeah. Or, right? 
Why do I go out of my way? Fill in the blank. Why do I fill in the blank? And I'm not just talking about the surface level. I'm talking about the innermost depth of the depth of the being of you are. Why do you do it? Is it self-seeking? Is it so somebody else will see you? <laughs> For what? <laughs>